Amen. So we're going to talk today about the way that seems right. Amen. There is a way that seems right. You notice the word seems is <laughs> in there. Not is, but seems. Uh, that's in Proverbs 14, verses 12. And I think through 15 I'll read. It says here, there is a way that appears to be right. I'm reading from the NIV. There is a way that appears to be right, but the end of it leads to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, and the good rewarded for theirs. So understand that there are ways that we can go. It may seem right to us. They said even uh, in uh, uh, laughter there can be heartache. You know the way will seem so right to you in one respect. Uh, you can you can have laughter and joy in in following your own way, but the end of it there's pain. Amen. And the, and it says that uh, uh, rejoicing may end in grief so sometimes people feel that they've got the upper hand and it ends in grief I was thinking about that during this election there are so many people that were so disappointed that their candidate didn't win because they were so sure and they were sure because and this has been a controversy by some people throughout this whole election that the methods that were used to uh, indicate who had a lead and who was going to get the votes and all of that those methods have been outdated for some time and really legitimately challenged by people who are trying to develop new methods of analyzing and predicting futures (laughs) and uh, you know of course you know secular people do everything but consult God and I want to, if you really want to know what's going to happen, all you got to do is ask God. And if he's wanting to, he'll let you in on it. If not, he'll just tell you to wait and see, hide and watch, or you know, however it goes. But um, very few people consult God in their predictions. But you ever notice there's something in all people, everybody wants to be a prophet or a fortune teller? We all want to, and, and after it happens, I told you so, there's that little prophetic thing in everybody that wants to be able to predict the future. It's still resident in all people. But uh, that was one of the, the, the griefs of uh, this election is that everybody, including the people that ran, the people that organized it, and the followers were so sure that their candidate would won, they're still having fallout problems from that. You know, people are still marching in the street, protesting, trying to find ways to overturn it and so forth and so on. But there was a new way of finding information that few people respect and few people tapped into. But there was maybe a handful of people who understood a new method. And so there was a way that seemed right to them. But the end of it ended in their pain and in their uh, disillusionment and disappointment and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's a sign of the times. And I can tell you when God is moving, he will confound all of the so-called experts. He will confound all of them. Because really in this nation, it's time for everybody to turn to God. I mean, there's so much ungodliness 
You turn on that television, you can't even channel surf anymore on so-called safe networks. You know, I used to say Food Network and, and uh, HGT were, were safe, but sometimes they'll start cussing and stuff like that and saying lewd things. You know, you just no place. To, <laughs> and uh, you don't think God likes it. Don't think God doesn't have a plan to end it. He is going to end it, folks. And... Uh, and and when God starts moving, we all have to kind of stand still and hold our breath and pray and say, well, God, just keep me in the place where I wind up in success in serving you and not losing everything and gaining, gaining in righteousness, you know, so I can live and I can worship you, et cetera, et cetera. And so sometimes are not not good times to try and go against the grain and exalt yourself. But it's a time to be humble and it's a time to stand before the Lord in humility and in godly fear. And and just let God do what he knows he, he has to do to get things straightened out. And so it's best if we will learn how to... Um, uh, do things God's way. Find out what God's instructions are and just follow those and you'll never wind up the wrong way. But it is a struggle sometimes mentally because we get accustomed to a certain way of doing things, a certain way of thinking, believing, uh, all of that. And uh, we find that that's not a prosperous way anymore and so when that happens you don't throw up your hands and give up and you don't wail and moan and you don't cry and you don't get upset but you look for God's way that's a time now to search for a new way and that new way in God so I was looking at a familiar story it's Naaman's story in Second Kings 5 and uh, I thought it was interesting in talking about the ways of God okay? the ways of God and how they how it is is so important to be able to follow God's ways and understand his ways so that our way can be prosperous so what did we say Second Kings chapter 5 thank you it's an interesting story because Naaman is somebody, uh, and, and I think we can draw a lot of similarities in our lives. Naaman is really not an Israelite, and so he's not familiar with God's ways. And I think that's true with us many times. You know, you, you, you start following God and there are many, many options and many, many opportunities, many, many avenues that we can go down. And uh, sometimes we're anxious to get the show on the road and we'll step out in that old familiar pattern and we fall flat on our face because we find out. A little thing we forgot is that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us in all truth. Once you sign on with God, he has the right now to start intervening in your life in a much stronger way to lead you and guide you. Because you're on a totally different road now. You're on a different path. You're on a path of righteousness. And you want to stay on that path because that's where the, the payoff is. That's where God's pleased. That's where you have peace. That's where everything works well. So when you step off of that path of righteousness... It makes it really, really difficult to find success in everything. And I think sometimes we're, we're, too, we're too comfortable 
anticipating a little bit of failure, a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of this, a little. You know how sometimes your mind can just want to believe God, but you think it's just too hard to do that, and you just settle back into that old mindset of, well, it's just going to be this way or something like that. I think we're much too prone to do that sometimes because that's really not what God says in His Word. He doesn't ever say you have to compromise, you have to settle for less, or you can't get exactly what the word of God says you're supposed to net in these things and so we always have to keep that in mind and keep ourselves in a place where we're encouraged and have a lot of word before us and a lot of word meditate on in your heart and you know sometimes you have to just pull one scripture after another don't let your mind wander over into uh, failure and over into anything that is not promised to you in the word of God you have to keep a discipline about yourself that God has a plan for your success. Now it may take you down a lot of different unfamiliar roads. But you know that's part of the adventure in God. You know, And that's one way he has to keep us uh, dependent on him. Because if we don't know the way we got to grab onto <laughs> to his hand you know uh, like little children you know sometimes uh, I watch little kids toddlers they get into that thing where everything's no you know come here no you know a little mouth stuck out and try to look as mean as they can to keep you off them you know like they could and uh, but you wait until they get in something that's unfamiliar and they get scared they go grab mommy or daddy's hand and clutch them. mommy mommy <laughs> so that's us when we're on this new way with God you better see yourself just like that said if you have faith like a little child come to him as a little child dependent on him trusting him now you can have confidence in God but that's totally different than being confident in yourself and in your own ways and so we always have to be open to God doing things in a new and unusual way so that we can get the benefit that God has for us so here we see Naaman in 2nd Kings 5 and he is um, Naaman is in a kind of unique situation he has been uh, uh, he's a very very successful warrior he's the captain uh, of the guard I think in uh, why did I turn that page let me get back to ooh, a little stuck together where my second king's five go somebody stole it here it is verse 1 so I will let the Bible tell his story now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram he was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy now, leprosy was a type of disease that if you it came down with it you had to be eventually it's highly contagious it, now it's known to be uh, uh, transferred by a virus uh, but you notice God is smart throughout the ages you know how it takes scientists you know 3,000 4,000 years to figure something out God has it already figured out in the Bible so in the Bible lepers were to be separated and isolated from the rest of society because it was highly contagious it took doctors uh, I don't think they had a cure for leprosy even into the 1900s it took that long Um, there's a very famous um, 
leper colony that was uh, in Hawaii that was run by a Jesuit priest, uh, Father Damien. And God protected that man. He didn't get leper. He worked with lepers for like 40, 50 years and didn't come down with the disease himself until he was very, very late in age and eventually succumbed to it. And there was a cure, never a cure found for it. They would just ship people off and keep them separated. Remember the 10 lepers that came to Jesus wanting to be healed. They cried to him from afar off. Okay, they were not allowed. Uh, they had to keep distance from people, and when they were coming down the street, they had to yell the words "unclean" about themselves, and people just would scurry away from them and allow them to walk back and forth. It was a horrible disease. Uh, it caused people to be isolated. It appears that Naaman, though, was had some exceptions to himself, and I think. This is what happens sometimes with people who are, are, see he was not a Jew. He wasn't under the Jewish law as far as the way lepers were supposed to be isolated and so forth. Now lepers could go to the priest uh, if they saw that their leprosy was clearing up. And oftentimes when people got obedient again. Jewish people got obedient again and started obeying the commandments. Doing what was right. Bring their offering the sacrifice when they sinned. Their disease went away. Well, we have the same benefit because you have the power of the blood of Jesus. If you don't walk around ignoring the fact that you do wrong and you repent when you, you know, if you're quick to repent and slow to, to, you know, sin and all that kind of stuff, that's how we walk in divine health. We don't get it just because we're quote unquote saved. You can be saved and be a hellion and be just as sick as the next person. You can also do, do, uh, obey God as best you can. And if your faith doesn't hold up very well uh, and your mind starts to pick up, you know, given validation to symptoms in your body, you can accept that and, and wear that. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a faith operation. You know, with, with the leper, it was faith in that if he diligently hearkened to the voice of the Lord his God, do that which right and say, no, one of these diseases that he, the same thing that we stand on. And so obedient people in that nation did not get disease. When they got disease, they could go to the priest and there was a cure written in the Bible or a protocol call for how to get those people well so they and that's why some of them would when they went to physicians instead of God they suffered out the disease because you had to go to God as a, a child of God to seek help for whatever was wrong with you and so there was a place where uh, leprosy would start out as white patches on skin and if those people would stay faithful or get back faithful to God or start serving God again and those white patches started to clear up they could go to the priest and could be deemed cured and that unclean label would come off of them which is to me is very important because it means that God has honored you as obedient and you're not contaminated that means that you can mix in with a congregation you're acceptable to God is what that means and so Naaman didn't have that in his background he was not he was a Syrian he was not an Israelite and so he's ignorant of God's ways and he comes down with a disease and it says here he was highly regarded in verse 1 because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram he was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive 
a young girl from Israel. Now it doesn't say that Naaman was responsible for this girl's capture. It's a band of raiders. Now uh, Naaman was part of the official army of Aram but these raiders may not have been sometimes when you capture a nation or you you have conflict with a nation uh, it doesn't say really that the whole nation of Israel was captured by these people so this little girl this Israelite girl uh, is captured by through a band of raiders from their nation and she is sold into slavery into Naaman's household now tell me God won't go through a lot of trouble to get help to people that he wants to show mercy now we go freely to God for mercy but I want you to look at this story in light of the fact that there is no way this man should be in line for a miracle you know except God's ordered it God's ordained it somehow this man has gotten favor in God's eyes he's gotten mercy from God and God is ready to move and complete a miracle in his life I think it's extraordinary sometimes we see the the amount of effort God puts into making sure people get blessed and if he does this for a total stranger somebody that doesn't have a covenant with him somebody who isn't in allegiance to him if he'll do that with a total stranger or sinner think how much more he will do for his people that he's committed to you see what I'm saying and so when you think about uh, adopting the ways of God and, and getting away from your old ways your old way of thinking about things your old way of doing things and and doing things in the flesh and doing things out of emotion doing them impulsively and think about you know what maybe I need to pray and ask God to give me his peace about it. let me settle into God's way in this it might be a new way it might be take me into a direction I've never been before but I'm going to give it a chance because God is a good God and so here you see Naaman and, and you're going to see him make some mistakes you're going to see him stumble through some of the the process like we often stumble through the process of getting your your miracle from God or getting your answer from God uh, not being you know sometimes we give up on God too quickly uh, you will we'll drop what we're doing and wash our hands and, and just say well it's not going to happen for me because it hasn't happened in X amount of time it just is not and so you'll see that when you when you do things God's way it's going to challenge you so you know it's going to challenge you to forget the ways that you know it's going to challenge you to humble yourself more and this this will see a name and situation and so as you we go through this story uh, see yourself in some of the challenges that come up to you in everyday life and understand that anybody can can uh, um, be regretful of having to take up a new way sometimes you out and out fight the new way sometimes you rebuke the new way and say it's not God but still God wants to bless us don't ever give up on whatever it is that you're desiring God will help you make the changes that need to be made so there's help for you in this new way that God has ordained for you to live your life there is much help for you in that
So it says in chapter uh, verse 2, the bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. So it looks like perhaps Naaman had his his um, quarters where he lived and had his servants. His wife had hers but it looks like she was assigned to the wife and not to him for some reason. And this was common because soldiers oftentimes spent a lot of time away from home. Uh, uh, businessmen spent a lot of time away from home but they had a household that was maintained and servants often uh, served especially if they were well to do which Naaman was and wealthy. And so she said to his her mistress, if if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. If only he would go to the prophet, he would cure him of his leprosy. So in this sentence, God is setting up the conditions for Naaman's healing. This, this sentence never changes. This way of God performing this miracle never changes. God once he sets it in motion and makes up his mind and he has that word spoken. It's going to have to play out exactly as it is told to them. And it's going to have to be followed exactly. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She said within herself if I can just touch his hem I will be made whole. Now suppose she has said well that's not necessary I could go to the priest. You got me? Because that was a method of getting healed in that day. People do this all the time. Uh, uh, um, They have a church that they go to. Because they like that idea of church. I don't know why people go places and can't get everything they need. I don't understand that. But it happens so frequently. We know people aren't thinking of church as a place to meet needs. They're thinking something else. See, when people, when that idea of church comes to people, they don't think, well, can I get healed? Can I get, uh, uh, you know, delivered? Can I get the word? It, you know, do, do I have opportunity to, to learn how to pray for the sick and be empowered? They don't think like that. The average person, they think what it looks like, uh, you know, what, how many people are going to, how they dress, uh, all the superficial things. And then when they get sick, then they're on TV, channel surfing Benny Hinn to see when he's coming to town, to see, you know, or see if they're fortunate enough to have a local ministry that they know uh, pray for the sick. They'll go to that healing meeting, and and that's as much as they do. They have no interest in doing things, say, a new way, so that they can stay healed, keep their healing, whatever, whatever. You know, people just—that's uh, how human minds, the carnal mind operates it doesn't operate the same way that the spirit or your spiritual mind operates your carnal mind instead of saying God 
how am I going to be healed and in, in how you you take over God and you lead me to what I'm to do to get rid of this disease very few people do that they will try to figure out where they can go where the anointing is and they know those strange people over there they do lay hands on you and you don't get it every day in your own church but they do that and you know I know people have gotten healed over there and I don't ever go over there but this time I think I like Nicodemus you know he came to Jesus at night and the, Jesus was in the synagogue during the daytime why didn't he go up to him and ask him there you see what I'm saying see there's a way that seems right to us but the end of it will lead in death amen and so we have to understand that God sees all this God knows all this God loves us he's going to give you a chance to get your healing give you a chance to get your miracle whatever that is if it's a better job if it's having children if it's have you know to have property or uh, to have a good career or whatever he wants you to have that but it's not going to be your way well nobody believes it in here so I don't care if you don't believe it or not. You'll you'll see it in the word. It's never going to happen your way. So there is a way that seems right to you. But God has already put an X through that. (laughs) You ain't going down that buddy trail. He won't even let your GPS read that. You got me? So (laughs) that won't come up in your directions. And so the way that seems right and one of the reasons I think God does it is because the carnal mind is the enemy of God. What you have stored up in you as the right way to do things often is a combination of your history, good and bad, your experience, good and bad, your uh, whether or not you feel encouraged um, whether you feel like uh, you want to prosper it, it, it is so um, unstable I think the ways the human ways are so unstable that God cannot honor them and give you a, a secure footing because they're not built on the word you know they're a hodgepodge of stuff that we believe for whatever reason and so God cannot honor it cannot honor it so in, the, in Naaman's situation, and we see in verse 2, this little girl sets up the conditions for his healing. These are the conditions. Well, who does she think she is to set up conditions for his healing? She's heard from God. Amen? This is a prophecy, whether they like it or not. This is the word of the Lord to Naaman, whether they like it or not. This is God's instruction, whether they like it or not. And so here this little girl sets forth the conditions for his healing. If only he would see the prophet that is in Samaria, he could cure him of his leprosy. Now, and it must be the Spirit of God on these words, because there are some people that hear it and believe it. And this is the other thing, you know, I'm sure they've talked about Naaman's leprosy many times. They've said things about it, but this is the first time somebody has said something about him being cured. All the other conversation, oh, Naaman, poor Naaman, well, you know, well, there's no cure for that. He's going to have to live with this, and it's just going to get worse. So that's always been the buzz, and then all of a sudden, in the midst of this negative buzz, is somebody who says he can be healed. 
And so that begins to take off like wildfire through his uh, situation. Amen. And it says, uh, and uh, it says, Naaman. Oh, no, no. Naaman went to his master, uh huh, and told him what the girl from Israel said. His master said, "By all means, go." So everybody wants this man to be healed. This is the good thing about a situation where God is about to move. There's enough support for that that miracle to happen God sets all of that he puts people in a more encouraged mood he takes the discouragement out this is the move of God you know that we talk about where the stage is set and everything's in order for this thing to happen and to go right so all of a sudden the people who were saying there's no hope for Nemo poor name and he's going to die of this and it's getting worse and how's he doing today well he's not feeling good you know that leprosy he's got it in this all changes the buzz changes the conversation changes Naaman apparently does want to be cured you know there's some people who are too proud to say they want God to heal them you know they're in wheelchairs they're on crutches they're in this and they're in that and they all know I'm good you know I just want a financial blessing you know I just want my family saved or I just you know it's it's a pride thing and so but Naaman wants to be cured so he is an outsider to the ways of God and this is common you know sometimes people have an idea of how things are going to happen set up in their minds already Naaman's thinking oh boy I got to go to the prophet what does that mean and so here is his way that seems right to him but that way is not going to end in his health it will end in his destruction because it's not ordained of God if if you don't learn anything else learn that you have to seek the way that is ordained of God you got me it must be ordained of God so the way that seems right to a comp to a person is often a combination of fact fear and imagination and fantasy because many times you could sit back you can imagine boy if I could get so and so and if I could just get this this uh, you know uh, uh, an opening over in this place where everybody's working that seems to be doing right you get in there and nobody's happy the work's too hard the bosses are mean and all but from where you're standing on the outside looking in that's that seems right to you and you go in expecting what your imagination tells you is going to happen see it's a way that seems right to us but the end of it is is death or loss or destruction or unhappiness or sometimes you get into a job and you're the first one fired after the business downturn have you just don't know and so it's best to find God's way amen to find his way to lean not to our own understanding amen that's what Proverbs uh, three tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your under uh, your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll direct your path. Well, you mean all my ways? I've gotten a job before. I, I you know, I do my job every day. I'm, I'm good at this. <laughs> really? You know? I mean, we can get get under you know get the wrong understanding about what God expects for us. Um expecting God's help is not weakness 
It's wisdom. See, you know, it's not a weak or strong question. It's a wise or unwise question. So you always want to move in wisdom. And in wisdom there is strength if it's needed. You don't have to always be the strongest person or the uh, the best at something. You can just go in and do your job. You can be like this little this little servant girl. She turned this whole household around just by those simple words. If he could just go see the prophet, he'll heal him. She was she wasn't saying just go see the prophet and see what he says. She was definite about it. She said, "You will be healed. You go to see this man. You will get your healing." How many of us are that confident? In God's word and in in what God says. Very few of us. We always want to water it down. Make it wishy-washy. And well just go see. I don't know if you're going to get healed or not. But go see anyway. Now she didn't say that. She said if you do this. This will definitely happen for you. And we need to be that confident in God's word. You tell people if you repent. And you give your life to Christ. Your life will get better. I don't care how good you think it is now. God will always top over what the devil is doing in your life. Everything will be better in your life. So Naaman does want to be cured. And that's one good thing because he has a willingness to follow through. Even though his instructions are coming from people who are his servants. And I think that's the remarkable thing about God. We always think if we could just get to the the TV preacher or the high powered man of God that we think is all that. Everything right is going to happen for us. But God will use people who are what we consider to be. Now nobody's of low stature in God's eyes. Let's get this straight. We're all equally important to him. But in the natural we have a tendency to look at certain people and build them up to be extraordinary. And we see people who don't do things the way they do and look at them as inferior. And see God will kill that devil out of people every single time. Because he will have you go to a place you never thought you wanted to be before in order to find him. A baby in a manger. Huh? You got to step over cow poop to go worship. Well, if anybody can't listen, don't be so religious, folks. Just lighten up or wake up or whatever you're doing in here. But you're sounding dead out there to me. You got me? But if you want something from God, you'll have to follow his instructions. If it takes you to a stable and it smells and there's a couple in there with a newborn baby. If that turns you off so much, go find a proper place for the baby to be, to live. You got me? But God will cause these things to happen in your life. The place where you least likely suspect your help will come. It will come there. The person you think is least capable of helping you will be a help to you. You got me? When God moves, he looks at hearts. He doesn't look at what they have, how big their building is, how nice it looks on television. He doesn't look at anything. He looks at what you need and he will connect you with some people, a person that is faithful to him who can supply it. I don't know what you think, but I want to be around faithful people. When I get in trouble and I have a need, find me somebody who's going to stick with that prayer until it comes to pass.
and not be somebody who's going to later on tell me well well god won't do that and he don't do this gonna tell read the reread rewrite the bible for me you got me and tell me all this stuff god won't do i want to find somebody to tell me something god will do and cut this nonsense out so Naaman does want to be healed. He wants to understand and he wants to get get his life back in order. But it's hard for him because it's coming from these insignificant little people. It ain't coming from nobody on his level. It says here in verse 1, he's a great man in the sight of his, his king and highly regarded. He commands armies. He rides on his own chariot. He has servants all around him. And here this little servant comes up to him and tells him, starts this rumor that he can be healed. So servants always talk to each other. If you ever watch some little crazy English shows, you know, the upstairs, downstairs, and all them little, them little shows where they had servants over here and the Lord and Lady. Well, there was more activity in the servants' quarters than there was any place else. They knew everything that was going on, knew everybody's business, and oftentimes they would wound up being counselors to the people that they were submitted to. Because then the people recognized they knew stuff too. So they pumped them for what they knew. That was just common to do. So the two levels of information and they converge sometimes. So when we have decisions to make and and uh, do we make our own plans and or do we seek God's counsel. So it's very, very important to seek God's counsel. Well, Naaman just wanted to be healed but God's counsel came to him just on its own. You know, just just through this conversation, she was able to set that place above. So now the atmosphere has changed from all of the servants being concerned about Naaman and being depressed about the fact that he's terminally ill. Now there's hope. There's faith in the atmosphere. There's there's encouragement from everybody and on every quarter. Now only God can do that. And you can tell you take your confession to a positive one if you want to. You can be a positive person. You can be this and you can be that. But it does not have any lasting effect because the minute somebody comes with something negative again, that that positive conversation will be terminated. We you see it in your own life. People go to doctors. Well, I'm going to go to this doctor because I know they, he does good with, with my situation. And they go and that doctor says, I can't do anything for you. Now, they are people that get this report over and over and over again. And it, many of them just quit and say there's no hope for me. And they just languish and have no, no opportunity or no thought to be encouraged again. But, but. You know, that's the the way of the world. It's up and down all the time. One day, uh, everybody loves you and you're encouraged. And the next day, something evil is said about you and everybody hates you. God's ways are not like that. He maintains the atmosphere that is conducive to his word coming to pass. So when you see this type of atmosphere change where everybody's going from discouraged and and disheartened until all of a sudden now everybody has hope and they're encouraged by what might happen for him then uh then this is this is a good thing this is a god thing proverbs 14 says the wise man will seek god amen the wise man will seek god 
Now Naaman is a mighty man and a powerful leader and a warrior. And he had helped uh, uh, in many, many uh, situations. He was very victorious. But he still does not know God. And that's something we have to keep in mind. And this is this is the overarching purpose to all of this. Yes, God loves him. And yes, God wants him healed. But part of that is that Naaman becomes a convert after this healing. Because uh, they're saying that you will know there is a God in Israel you'll find you know you'll find that being said in this story so the fact that he had an incurable disease took him out of the realm of the comfortable familiar and known and took him into a realm of the unknown and it starts with these little servants who start talking about the fact that he could be cured his master doesn't tell him he can be cured Uh, the king of Israel doesn't tell him that but it's these little servants that tell him and keep him encouraged and that's very important to me to note things like that because your help will come from an unlikely source many times it it will be uh, sometimes if if you're alone uh, in a hospital waiting room and there's nobody around you to pray sometimes that person mopping the floor might start a conversation with you to encourage you you understand what I'm saying it's all these unlikely servants that God has positioned around you and situated in your life for your success they're not coming to discourage you or tell you you can't have something the people who tell you you can't are the ones you choose it's always the ones you like and the ones you choose they'll tell you you can't do certain things but it's always the unlikely unseen unsung that will be able to give you your encouragement from God why because God wants you to go on a different road here he wants you off that road of the natural and depending upon what you can do and how great you are and and bring you down to where you can start to humble yourself and begin to worship him so many times when we deal with everyday problems and situations and we are thrust into the realm of the unknown because we are citizens of God's kingdom so you can be facing a similar uh, an everyday situation something you've gone through every single day and then all of a sudden it'll turn into something that's a challenge for you why because God is the God of the unknown sometimes he's trying to get you to quit leaning to your own understanding quit leaning to your own ways so there'll be a a little situation that'll come up in your normal routine thing that will cause you to have to pray or cause you to have to call for counsel or call for prayer get somebody to agree with you in prayer something like that and so God wants us to stay close to him and stay on the road there are many times where the devil is plotting things against you or your family that you're not even aware of they happen undercover and God will suddenly make you aware of it something pops up in the natural where you can see it you say oh boy I didn't know all this was going on I better pray you understand me and so uh, constantly we are being challenged to lean not on our own understanding amen we are to trust God with all of our hearts that's what Proverbs 3 5 says trust in the Lord with all your heart all of it all of it every single bit of your heart should be entrusted to God you should not be withholding anything that you like to do 
or you think this is going to work out for you anyway you've done it this way a million times and it's always worked that's that's when you can really really mess up he says and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways all your ways acknowledge all of your ways not just and we the word acknowledge is kind of a weak word here but it should be seek his counsel and seek his direction instead of acknowledge that's what that really means and you're seeking him to direct your path so be ready to take a different turn be ready to do an about face be ready to go a different way when you just let everything go don't have anything on the agenda don't have anything planned and he says don't be wise in your own eyes that's pride but fear the lord and depart from evil so our own ways really are wicked ways the ones that we conjure up and think up those are wicked ways and the word says to depart anything other than seeking God is an evil way so just depart from that stay humble seek God and expect him to direct your path so he says to lean not on your own understanding or your own past experience or your own even though sometimes you'll have a a past experience of success with this thing don't lean on that because it can always be different because God is involved in your life you don't have his wisdom and his counsel you don't know which way he wants you to go and you don't know who's going to be there when you get there there have been times that I know people have been in jobs because they're praying for people because they are counseling people and God's given them the grace and the freedom to do that in that setting I say well I'm thinking about leaving I know yeah well you know think about it but pray before you leave that gold mine over there where people are getting healed and people are getting to know God and you're making an impact and so it's it's just one of those things and then there are times where you can be doing good in God and he says it's time to go you just don't know until you seek him so it's very very important to trust only in him in your heart is where trust resides what do you have in your heart do you think that that you know which way you should deal with this or will you ask God sometimes he confirms what you have in your heart or in your mind to do it's not a big deal to him some things but honor him by seeking him this is how you honor him so Naaman is invited uh, to this place of healing by a, a very unlikely person that's this little captive girl a little slave girl she specifically says that if he were with the prophet in Samaria he will be healed it's definite it's definitive there's no maybes about it why would God give this message to a little servant a little nobody I think it's to tap into what Naaman's problem is many times your solution locates your problem and your hindrance people in Naaman's position only have time for people on their level you ever notice rich people no rich people they don't know no poor people they might know some people that work for them that know some poor people but it's real real low down the chain <laughs> so <laughs> doctors always know doctors lawyers always know lawyers you know they 
they have tight circles and they're very insecure when they have to come out of these circles every now and then you'll see some of them that do a little charity work or uh, you know they go work for Habitat for Humanity or something like that build a few houses and they go back to their safe you know what I'm saying it's the way people are sometimes your safe area is your doom See, sometimes your safe area is your doom and we don't really know it and so Naaman is being drawn out of his pride out of his highfalutin place out of his place of being everybody's boss and answerable to nobody he just calls servant snap snap and they <clears throat> run and get him whatever he wants and so <clears throat> Naaman's way is a way that has kept him a leper, has kept him apart from God, but now he's being offered a way out and a new way. And so it's up to him uh, to take this new way. So Naaman, uh, when he's given, uh, he's told this, and the first thing he does is he goes his own way. And that's in verse uh, 5, 4, let me see. Okay, we'll start in verse 4. It says, Naaman went to his master after he heard, the, he has been told this by his servants that this little servant girl told him if he get to the, the prophet in Samaria he'd be healed. He talks it over with his master. His master says, by all means go. The king of Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So what Naaman's accustomed to is his higher up talking to another higher up on his level and so he decides they're going to work through that change that's that's the way that seems right to him and so he takes the way that seems right to him first and somehow that winds up in a dead end and so Naaman sends this letter the king sends this letter to the king of Israel Naaman left taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy, king. Now that's not the instruction that was given to him. Naaman finds out in a hurry he didn't need all of that to get what he needed from God. The way that we that seems right to us, the familiar way, is a more costly way than the way of faith. Naaman takes an offering that is befitting a king to the king to see if that would get him some favor with the king if the king accepts your gifts and all that kind of stuff then you'll get what you need from him but the king doesn't possess what Naaman needs so God is showing Naaman all your wealth all your position all of that stuff is not the way to get what you need Naaman you got to find a new way to get your needs met in those days people could buy anybody they bought nations off of different kings if you brought enough gold and you brought enough things to impress people you could get anything that you wanted and so Naaman goes up there with all of this stuff and he's so sure it's going to work for him again and when it doesn't work he's appalled and so it says 
As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he's upset. He tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? In other words, I don't have any power to heal this man. And he thinks he's in trouble because they're expecting him to produce a miracle and he doesn't have the first inkling or clue how to do it. So chaos sometimes will result when you are seeking to do something in your own familiar ways, the way that seems right to you. How does that wind up in chaos and how does that wind up in trouble and all I wanted to do was get you know my bills paid. Now they're sending me here telling me my checking account is all jacked up and all this stuff is wrong. The way that seems right. See? It'll end in destruction. It'll end in chaos. And it, the most important thing is it's not getting Naaman his miracle. Amen. I remember when I was a newer Christian, I had met, I was in a, a Bible study. It was a real good, effective Bible study. We would have uh, prayer time, and, and God answered prayer like left and right. I mean, it was just, and it was the power of agreement. You know, he said, if you two or three of you agree, and I saw it with my own eyes. People would come in with this thing wrong and that thing wrong. It seemed impossible. And I'd sit there and I'd say, oh boy, this is, this is pretty rough. You know, and I, next week it's all cleared up again. You know, God moved. Why? Because sincere believers prayed prayers of agreement. And we, we loved each other and wanted to see each other do well. You got me? That, that when you have that, that's, that's a gold mine right there. You can't beat that. And so never be embarrassed to ask for prayer. Never be ashamed to put what you need out. And don't get suspicious of it. Well, see, I don't know if they're going to tell anybody. That's not your concern. If you, and you better straighten up your heart because that's an impure heart. You're expecting trouble and instead of expecting God to help you. You know, just, just obey God and do what he tells you to do. And so I was in this Bible study and I had met a couple ladies. This one lady was an artist and she, she used to like to draw. And this one lady, there were a couple of artists in there. And, and at that time I would uh, hand draw my own. I, I did a lot of poetry, prophetic writings from the Lord. I was a new Christian but I could hear from God. I stayed in my word and I understood what was going on. And as I got more involved with other believers, uh, that gift seemed to grow. And it seemed to, and I was always stirred up to do some writing for God. And uh, I thought for sure, I was praying, and I said, Well, Lord, I would like to uh, do greeting cards. And there were two ladies who were artists in the. Um, in the Bible study and I asked the one lady and she said oh honey she said I'm not the one she said you better pray again because I got so much to do with my kids and my house and all that and I thought really I thought I thought you were the one no it's not me better pray again see what <laughs> you know some people know if it's God or not and they're they're not you know wishy-washy about it and so I asked the other lady who who was there and then she said, oh yeah, I've been praying about wanting to do that, blah, blah, blah. That was the worst situation I ever got myself into in my life. You got me? There was a, that way seemed right to me. I didn't leave it out there like the first lady said, pray again and see who God tells you. I was looking around in the natural to see who fit the bill you got me uh you can't do that you've got to pray and lean not to your own understanding you've got to pray and lean not to your own understandings and so uh in this situation 
We see Naaman leading very much to his own understanding. You see him very much uh, uh, trusting in the way he's always done things. He was told, uh, the little girl said to go see the prophet, he goes see the king. And this is very, very common with people. This is how church people get disappointed and disillusioned. They always think the person that they they can see on television that's got this and got that is the answer to their. That's why those people have so much money. Uh, these people don't really pray and say, God, you know, show me a, a, a church in my area. I'm, I'm tired of just calling in and asking for prayer and begging for prayer and all that. I want to learn about you. Or, God, you take over. What do you have in store for my life? Once you clear the table off, God will set a better table before you every single time. You see what I'm saying? That table will be so lavish, you won't be able to to consume everything that's offered to you. And so God always does that. And so here Naaman is, he's trying to quote unquote buy his miracle. Mm-hmm. Now if you don't think that happens, I'll tell you it does. I can tell you that people who are promised that if you'll send in so and so money, we'll send you this miracle oil or this miracle water or this miracle this or this miracle that. And if money is the main agent of exchange, that's why we don't charge people. We got healing packets on the internet. We send them out for free. We don't even charge people postage to get them to them because there cannot be a taint on that miracle that it can be purchased in any way. Now, now ministries used to do that. I remember Rex Humbard. He's right over in Akron, Ohio, not far from me when I was a little kid. I remember there was a, a little girl in my class. I think we were like in maybe the second or third grade. And she had a small little miniature Bible. And it always intrigued me. And she had it in school one time and she was looking through it. And I asked her what it was. And she said, oh, that's my Bible. I said, really? I said, I like that. And she said, yeah, I got it free and so she I said really I said can you get me one she said yeah they'll send you a free bible and so she helped me write a letter and she said see I did it like this I enjoy your show I said I don't even know who she is she said just put it on there they're nice people they'll send you one and so sure enough I wrote my first letter to the tv preacher one of many and uh and it said I enjoy your show and sure enough I got my little miniature bible back in the mail see that that was their way of evangelizing the world of getting a bible into people's hands you know especially into the hands of children and so I just believe that if you'll stick with just sowing that to people, it'll come back to you in a better way. You know, sometimes you'll feel like, well, you know, we need to raise money and we got to pay bills. That way may seem right to you, but I'm not sure it's always honored by God. You know, it's best to let people just go pay for their merchandise if they want it and so forth. It costs you, so, you know, you make a little profit from them paying for it. But this gimmicky stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't work very well. It doesn't work. And so we hear valid, have a, a validation that God does not always honor your stature. And he doesn't honor your your gifts and your wealth and all that kind of stuff because that stuff came right back to him when he got to the king. The king couldn't perform his miracle for him. In verse, it, it says here, and the king was so upset, 
he felt like the king of Aram was trying to set him up so that he could come in and and destroy Israel. That's how, how that's how disastrous this whole encounter was with Naaman leaning to his own understanding. He put the security of a whole nation in jeopardy by trying to buy his miracle or curry favor with the king because the king took it as a setup. Now they're going to say I can't they're going to know I can't heal this man so they will come in here and threaten me and want to take over everything because I can't do what's required of me. And so that's why the prophet steps in. Elisha steps in immediately when he hears this. Verse 8 it says when Elisha the man of God and thank God for humble servants of God who will step in and rescue bad situations. When Elisha the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes he sent him a message. says why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Amen. And so the, the man of God knows how to hear from God. So Elisha says God is setting this up man up for a miracle and he's going to reveal himself to him. So Naaman not only can get his healing but he can also become a worshiper of God now. And so that's always that's always the setup when the prophet knows that he and only he is the one who can do the job. So he sent messengers to him. It says, When Elisha, the man of God, heard it, he says, Why don't you why don't you send him to me? Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped uh stopped at uh stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha then sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be Restored as new and be clean. It's important to hear the whole message. Hmm? What do you think? What do you think Naaman heard most? Uh, what was told him? He said, "Go," and that's all he heard. What he's interpreting: my ways aren't working. I got all this stuff for him. I got all this wealth for him. I got all this, this, these goods for him. And he pushes me away. He tells me to go. He's not accepting me. He's not receiving me. More people leave without their miracle because of personal offense than for any other reason. Something about these people turns them off. Something about the meeting day that I've never seen that before. They do it like that over there. We don't do it like this at my church. All this kind of stuff. They'll get in a situation where God wants them to receive a miracle and their brain goes tilt because it's not the way that this seems right to them. It's not the atmosphere that seems right to them. It's not the way that seems right to them. And so if you have been turned off by certain people, you need to repent. If God sent you there, you need to repent. Because we can receive from God from any servant of God, and I'm a living witness to it. If he sent you there. I'm not saying if you just went or if you thought you were going to get something you didn't get. But if God sent you to a place 
and you eventually rejected it then this is how that happens it's a way that seems right to you and you're told a different way when you get there and so you're all offended because it's not going your way amen to be honest with you if your way if your way could have got you healed you'd be healed already so if this way seems right to you and it and God tells you a different way, his way is best. And you just have to accept that. We have to learn to start wrapping our head around and our minds around the fact that God's way is a successful way. It's different than your way because your way was never going to get you where God wanted you to go. And you've got to give it up and just go a different way. God is challenging people to lean not to their own understanding to go a different way in many many things and if we don't stay open to the ways of God and we don't stay open to what God is is wanting to do and ordaining that we do we will not see the miracle and we will not know God in that that respect we'll miss understanding this name and need to know God could work miracles and and God wanted him to have that understanding. Well, it was up to God to choose the way to do it. It's not up to Naaman to choose the way to do anything. And so God is, is sure, because you see everywhere Naaman goes, he's got his chariots, his horses, and his gold, and his silver, and his you know garments, and all this wealthy stuff. So he leans on his wealth to accomplish things for him. God's saying, forget about your wealth. It hasn't gotten you healed all this time. Lean on me now understand what i'm telling you to do and so here the uh the uh, elisha tells him gives him in his instructions go wash yourself in the jordan seven times and your flesh will be stored restored clean but naaman went away what angry he's offended because his way is not acceptable to god And he says, I thought that he would surely come out to me. See, this is what we have programmed in our minds. What little picture do you have in your mind about how God's going to restore your marriage or how God's going to heal your child or how God's going to do this or how God's going to, how's he going to get you a spouse? How's he going to do all of these things? Your way in your mind, you might as well forget it and just wipe the slate clean so when God comes in, you won't be in shock. So here Naaman is in shock and went away angry. I thought, I thought, I thought, I was hoping, I was believing, I was deciding. I, 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 I. So he wants him to come out and stand and call on the name of his God and wave his self over here. You know he's already got it figured out. He got a, a picture in his brain of somebody coming standing up there waving their hand over him and calling on his God. And you know give me some attention. Show me how important I am. Whenever you want to be more important than the man of God that's serving you there's something wrong in your head now. You just... You just putting yourself up against a battle that you won't. Whenever you see uh, uh, big and little in situations all the time, important and unimportant, you haven't t- tapped into God's way yet. You're not thinking with God's brain yet. Amen. So that uh, Naaman then has to make a decision. Oh, he's in a fit now. He's angry. He's upset. How many times do we stand on the verge of our breakthrough 
and get distracted by something the devil does and thinks that's more important than staying humble to the plan of God until we get what we need. Get frustrated, get angry, get upset, go tell people off, go get everybody straight. And you still don't have your miracle. You got me. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you know, we got to we got to we got to learn some ways, folks. We got to get wise now and understand when God's involved in something, you write it out until God's done. You got me? And so Naaman, it says Naaman's servants, he went away, went off in a rage. He saddled up his pony and started riding on out into the sunset. Huh? Oftentimes God's way is met with anger because it it's not according to what is comfortable to us your mind conjures up things that are comfortable to you and you don't see God's ways many times if you're looking at that comfort so the fact that Naaman was angry says that he wants his own way man he's he's made up his mind see it's supposed to be like this it's supposed to be like that it's supposed what do you care if at the end of it you get your healing you see what I'm saying? Those things have to be very, so very unimportant to us. Uh, how God does things has to be very unimportant to us. And he's on the verge of his breakthrough. And he gets angry and he walks away from his healing. Just because he it didn't go according to way. He's used to controlling things. We all are. You got me? We all are to a certain extent. And we'll cling to the familiar and reject the new. Knowing that what we've been doing all along has not gotten us our miracle. I mean that's the only thing you need to focus on. Well I might as well try this. What have I got to lose? Amen. Well, if this, if nothing comes up different I might as well try something different. But I'm not saying it's like why sit we here until we die? I mean we're just sitting and nothing ever changes as long as we sit. The prophet did not pay him the customary honor and this uh, offended him. Naaman's used to you go to the king, you send enough gifts, he'll come out and he'll find out what you need and he'll serve you. That didn't happen in this case. So God knocks you off of your pride. He knocks you off of your high horse. He knocks you off of your high pedestal and then he begins to deal with you. Naaman expected what he was accustomed to. And when that, when he was not recognized, and this is his problem, leprosy is is uh, uh, um, a combination, spiritually speaking, be, before God would exile you from family, fellowship, and everything, you would have to be highly contagious in your commitment to whatever spirit is causing you to be detached from everybody. Lepers... Uh, Leprosy didn't really come on people who occasionally sinned. And sometimes it ran through families where there was a a family of people who were kind of outcast, renegade, on the edge anyway, the outlaw type people. Those were the types of, of spiritual forces that eventually manifested in that disease causing you to be exiled from everybody. Why else would God want you separated from his people if he didn't think your ways would contaminate them? Not just that infection on your skin. So there were sinful 
uh, traditions in households that cause people to pick up certain diseases. Just like we see diseases. Oh, what did your mother and father die from? You know, hereditary. Everybody's trying to pin former sins on the person who's showing up at the doctor for the first time. And so it's, it is a truth to it. There are, are certain things we used to call them generational curses. Now people on to some other kind of stuff they're excited about. But, you know, there are things that do run in families, and these are spiritual things. They're not natural uh, propensities to a certain disease. These are spirits that carry these things from generation to generation. That's, what, that's why lepers were kept away from people. Their stubbornness, their pride, their aloofness, all of that kind of stuff was was things that would keep people from serving God and keep people from humbling themselves to God. And so Naaman's disappointed and all of a sudden God raises up an intercessor. It's not the king. Uh, of Israel and it's not his king but it's a little servant again Naaman's servant this is in verse 13 Naaman's servants went to him and said they honored him they said my father if the prophet had told you to do some great thing would you not have done it in other words I know this ain't real high and mighty for you but if he if he had upped it, ramped it up a little bit, told you to go conquer this and conquer that and God would heal you, you wouldn't you have done that? And he said, what difference does it make? Huh? Sometimes people that you think don't have much to offer can offer you great wisdom. A servant would have to be alive, wise to stay alive with all these people over him. You got me? And so he says if he had told you to do some great thing would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? He said this makes sense to me. Doesn't it make sense to you? And so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. And Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. God knows what it's going to take to convince your loved ones (laughs) to get saved. He knows what it's going to take to to convince everybody to follow him. All we got to do is quit trying to think we know what that way is. And try to take over and be the one to lead all this and do it. Forget it. Forget about it. Pray. Trust God. If he gives you a word to give to somebody, give them that word. And keep it moving. But keep trusting God to do what, what you know and he knows needs to be done. And so Naaman goes and dips. He comes back to the man of God and honors him. Amen. He honors God through honoring the man of God. He comes back to him, reports that he is healed, and he knows God has revealed himself to him in that healing. Perhaps before this, Naaman had no desire to know the God of Israel. He is just a warrior, but he had this disease, and God invites him in through the words of this little servant girl. Amen. To come in to, to know him and to serve him. And so the prophet uh, Naaman in his tenets, he says, Now I know there's no God in all the world except in Israel. In other words, I worship some goofy gods and they've never healed me. This is, this is our entry to evangelize the world that serves the false gods. 
Jesus can heal you. Always tell them who it is doing the healing. Jesus can heal you. Amen. And reserve that word Jesus for the power it carries to heal and deliver and to save. Don't just throw it out all the time for any reason. Just reserve that for to release that power so that when you mention that name, all heaven comes to back you up in the thing that you're trying to do to serve humanity. And so when, when we tell people Jesus will heal you, we know for surety that Jesus will show up and do the healing. And this is what Naaman found. He found that, that there was no other God like the God that's in Israel. And he proves that because if if we continue to read down, we're going to wrap this up. And he says, uh, um, Naaman asked him if he will accept these things. The prophet answered, verse 16, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept the thing. And even though the Naaman urged him, he refused. Why would he tarnish what God's done by taking something. I mean it was custom. These were offerings that were made to the Lord. They weren't just personal things. But if an offering had been required. The prophet would have told him that up front. They always tell you. And he says no. He says if you will not said Naaman. Please let me your servant. Be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the lord but may the lord forgive me in this one thing he says my master serves this other god he said and sometimes i have to go and help him and when i he leans on me to stand there to worship i'm not worshiping that god but would you ask your god to forgive me when i do that See, he wants to be committed to God now. He wants to be forgiven. He knows he's going to be required to sin. And he wants to know that God will forgive him that. Because he says, when when I stand there, I want your God to know I'm not standing there worshiping him anymore. I'm just there because I'm compelled to be there. And if God will, if I can be assured of his forgiveness, then I'm fine. Amen. And so Naaman makes his confession of allegiance to God. Everybody knows what happens afterward. Gehazi runs and lies and says they need that stuff that he's, he's you know, taking back with him. Gehazi is an opportunistic servant. And he sees an opportunity. He doesn't like the fact that the man of God tells him that they're not to take anything from him. But when Gehazi does go, he lies to Naaman and Naaman gives him that stuff. What happens? The leprosy that was on Naaman comes on Gehazi. So we don't know if those goods were contaminated. And that's why the prophet didn't take them. Where anybody who touched them would have got leprosy. Just a thought. But that the curse came on him because he disobeyed God. See we just don't know. And sometimes there's wisdom there in understanding when to take a gift and when not to. This thing gets more preachers and more trouble than we know. Sometimes it's not time to take a gift when you're giving away oil 
for miracles. You got me? Sometimes it's not time to take gifts when you're exchanging prophecies for dollar bills. You got me? And so we have to, if we're going to be keep miracles in our midst and keep God's power there, we have to learn all of these disciplines. It's not just, just not the right time all the time. So, and God wants us to know that His ways are not our ways, folks. Just aren't. And if we'll acknowledge Him, all the time in the way that we go he will direct us and we won't fail amen amen all right thank you father we just bless you lord we thank you for your word thank you for blessing us with your holy word and we exalt you and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen if anybody needs prayer come on up and get prayer